All right, this is Brent Leary, and I'm speaking with Nate Shaw. Nate is one of the co-founders of Brooklyn Music Factory. Nate, thank you for joining me today. Brent, thanks for having me on. I totally appreciate it, and looking forward to chatting with you about anything and everything that I can uh, enlighten some of your listeners on, share some of my experiences. Very cool. So before we jump in the what you're doing with the Brooklyn Music Factory and and the award you won not too long ago, uh, tell us a little bit of your personal background. Sure. So I uh, like to describe myself as a recovering jazz pianist. Um, I am now 46 years old and I spent the first about 15 plus years of my career as a jazz musician. Uh, both here in New York City where I live and have lived for the last, I think, 19 years, um, uh, and on the road. So uh, I spent probably the first 15 years, like I said, as a jazz pianist. I moved from that world, uh, gigging five, six nights a week here in New York, and then making records with bands and touring. Uh, I moved from that world into the scoring world, which means I was writing music for both TV and film. Um, I did that for about five, six, seven years. I, I wrote for the Oprah Winfrey show uh, and did a bunch of reality TV shows like, I um, can't remember all of them, but I did a show called Quest for the Dress about women looking for a wedding dress. <laughs> that was, I think was for TLC. And, uh, and then six years ago, uh, I and my business partner, Peter Moynister, founded the Brooklyn Music Factory, which is uh, a school here in Brooklyn. We have about 265 or 70 families now. And uh, the program is all about connecting musicians. So it's a contemporary music program, primarily pop and rock. We have private lessons on piano, bass, drums, voice, and guitar, and then we have about 45 different band classes that meet every week and connect kids as little as four years old in our mini keys class all the way up through adults in our adult band classes that meet at night. So in a nutshell, that's what we do and that's who I am. And we're about six years old here at the Brooklyn Music Factory and going strong. Uh, talk a little bit about the business model that you had with the uh, Brooklyn Music Factory, because I remember when I was taking my piano lessons and in, in back in the day, uh, way way back in the day, um, right? <laughs> it was a, I think it was a little different the way my parents uh, uh, paid for for my piano lessons than what you're doing with the Brooklyn Music Factory. So maybe you could give us a little bit of that uh, the business model that you guys have. Yeah, totally. So when we first opened our doors, it was a much more traditional model in that we, uh, you know, people would pay either per lesson or the band classes would be a tri We had a trimester program, so every 10 weeks you'd re-up and sign up for another class. Um, at the time that we opened, I was just getting into studying uh, a bunch of great uh, different internet business models. And um, many of them were doing subscription-based models, right? So uh, offering membership programs through their online learning environments. Um, and I decided when I first started using um, 
our, our marketing and CRM tool Infusionsoft uh, that we would move from the traditional music model to a membership program. And, and basically what that means is that when we enroll a family, and the reason I describe it as a family rather than a single student is because kind of our perfect customer is a family, like a pair of siblings taking you know, piano and voice lessons, as well as one of the parents either playing in an adult band or taking a private lesson. Um, and what we would do is we would have them pay a nominal membership fee. So I think it's at $35 now. Uh, that membership fee would put them in our system and we would have them commit to an annual uh, contract and their credit card would get um, hit each month for whatever that subscription fee would be. So if, for example, if they were in an hour long lesson, I think it's maybe $325 a month. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of shift a, a mass, kind of a huge shift actually for parents to start thinking about signing their kids up for lessons because, you know, one of the first questions a parent might ask is, well, how much is it per lesson? And my goal was to move a parent away from thinking about music lessons from a per lesson um, idea and price point to really committing to a, in our curriculum it takes about 10 to 12 years to get through it. Um, and so the idea of saying first, you know, you're not signing up for a lesson, you're signing up for a year of lessons, but actually you're signing up for really a 10 to 12 year commitment for us to have your child really benefit from our curriculum and develop the level of musical fluency that we think they can. Um, so that was a painful shift at first, honestly, Brent, you know, they, people still really want to know what does it cost per lesson. Right. And what we're trying to say is, look, you know, we, you don't ask what does it cost per class when you go to college. You might actually price out the cost per credit, but generally what you think, I'm, I'm paying a tuition and I'm joining a community, and in that community one of the benefits is the private lesson or the class I'm taking. But there are so many other benefits. Uh, and that's what we were trying, that's the kind of mindset shift that we've been trying to get with our customers to say like, you know, we offer free concerts, we offer free workshops, we offer multiple performance opportunities for both the bands and the, and the private lesson students. Uh, and we just offer a really supportive community where, you know, any one of your musical questions can be answered at any time by a really deeply committed, you know, faculty and staff. Um, so our business model, yeah, is pretty radically different. We don't offer any house calls. Everybody comes to our facility. Um, and we really are looking for families to make a long-term commitment to growing as a musician. And you mentioned that you've been at it for about six years. And how many people are working with you? How many employees does Brooklyn Music Factory have? We're at about uh, 14 employees now, and I'd say probably eight of them are full-time. Uh, and then many of them are part-time as well. Uh, so we're, you know, we're, we're, we're planning on hiring another four. 
Um, it's kind of a seasonal business in a way because we have a summer camp season, which is July and August, and that is a very busy and profitable part of our um, year. So we'll hire, we may hire extra employees for that. We also hire what are called MITs, musicians in training, and those are just our 14 to 18 year olds. And they'll come in, some of them are interning, some of them are paid positions. Um, and we'll literally, this summer, we'll have maybe 20 to 25 MITs in addition to our, you know, our faculty and staff. Um, so we're managing a whole lot of, whole lot of human resources actually. <laughs> it gets a little bit, gets a little bit dicey. We're working a ton actually on automating that process. Yeah. Both managing those that are hired and then also the hiring process itself. And that's a, you mentioned the key word there, automation. And one of the things that's interesting is you know, you uh, you've been in this for six years. You've got some multiple moving points, parts, um, and you're you're you know you're like a seven figure business. And what role has automation played in making it possible for you to do all these things? Yeah. So. I am a huge proponent of automation and building systems that um, really promote the use of automation whenever and wherever possible. And uh, let me be clear about something too when it comes to automation. I think sometimes um, it gets a little bit confusing when, we, when people hear about the possibilities with automation. Number one. The end goal with automation, in my mind, is creating more time to really do the things that present value to your customers, right? So I do not want our staff and our faculty wasting time on tasks, and whether it's through whether it's communication tasks or internal operations tasks that could otherwise be used to nurture our students or work with the parents and helping to educate them on the value of the dif of different parts of our curriculum, right? So to me, automation is all about saving valuable minutes or hours in any given week that will allow for a deeper engagement with our customers, our families. Um, so just to be clear on that, uh, I don't view automation as a tool to maximize revenue, for example, even though I think it does really help in that. Um, I view it as a tool to uh, deepen relationships and the benefits that we, you know, provide our customers. So uh, ways that we automate, where do you even start with something like that, Brent? Um, I would say I first really became kind of obsessed with it when I saw the possibilities uh, in a marketing, from a marketing standpoint and also from a communication standpoint. So I mentioned earlier that we use Infusionsoft as our CRM and, and marketing tool uh, and let's see, and let me put it in real world, real world examples of automation here at the factory. Um, we have, you know, very normal logistical challenges when it comes to communicating with our customers. So we will do things like, in the case of our business, we're seasonal. We have, uh, you know, we have, we provide over 
I think we put on about 60 different events on our main stage each year. Um, if I were, if we had a staff member who was literally having to manually communicate the details about those events, uh, we would never be able to pull off 60. So what we've done is created simple email campaigns that are triggered based on uh, tags that go with families that are, you know, involved in each one of the events. So let's say you're putting on an event that has you know, 20 of your customers, in our case families, that are supposed to be at that event, and you need to uh, automate, say, five emails that go to them starting from five weeks out, letting them know the details of when and uh, where, et cetera, uh, they're supposed to be. In addition, you might also have a text that goes to them uh, morning of, reminding them of a couple details. Um, those things can all totally be automated, and once you put a family in the pipeline, they're set. Um, or if a family needs to leave, you simply remove a tag and they get pulled out of that. So that's just a super simple example of how you can automate communication. Uh, my staff member then needs to simply uh, tag the families appropriately based on what gigs they're going to do. Um, and that will send them into the communication. Um, we've actually taken it a step further here. Um, it, you know, a tool like Infusionsoft is actually really good for communicating when it comes to um, kind of marketing and sales, if you will. So for us, what that means is, uh, you know, we offer all kinds of workshops that are free to our members, but they require them to RSVP. So they need to fill out a web form saying, I want to show up to this, because we might have, say, eight spots for a workshop on how to run live audio, right, or how to, you know, we might want a music theory class that's only four nights, you know, four classes over four weeks, and we have six slots for it. So we're, we're broadcasting that opportunity to 265 members, um, but there's only four slots or six slots. So it's, Infusionsoft's actually great for automating that kind of enrollment process in addition to all the follow-up communications, but it's not actually great for um, communicating in an improvised or spontaneous way. Um, and when you have uh, faculty like I do, and they each have relationships with our families and the families that they're teaching, you want to give them an opportunity to communicate quickly and easily. Um, so what we've done is we've actually invested a whole lot of time and energy into building our own software that's a communication tool um, for our members. So what it's done, though, is it's actually kind of automated the communication process for our faculty. Um, here's a real-world example. We have gigs here that connect a bunch of different families on the gigs. Um, what I mean by that is that you have a drummer, a bass player, a piano player, and a vocal student, and they each have a different faculty member. And what the faculty member will do through our software is they will basically put them on a spreadsheet, what we call a gig tracker. And it'll put the, by, by adding the name of that student to that spreadsheet, what it does is it automatically triggers a set of 
emails that are going to go out to those families about the gig that the, the students just been added to. Um, so the gig, the emails are actually going to come from the faculty member as if they wrote them, but in, in actuality that's all being automated. All this faculty member had to do was put their voice student on that gig, say 1 p.m. on June 12th, and just by doing that it has then triggered a whole series of communications with the families. So we've actually found that Infusionsoft is great for automating certain things, but when it comes to having a large team that all needs to be able to communicate with their individual, you know, the customers they have relationships with, uh, we kind of had to create our own tool outside of that. Okay. Um, let's see here. Getting a little loud there, uh, Nate. So let me just ask you one. Question. Oh, is it? Yeah, let me just ask you one quick question. Uh, you mentioned Infusionsoft a number of times. You are the uh, 2016 Infusionsoft Icon Award winner. Um, tell me what it what that meant to you, winning an award from a company like Infusionsoft, who's known for marketing automation. Uh, what has that meant to you to win that kind of award from that kind of company? Sure. First of all, I just moved into our little kitchen here. Tell me if that's any quieter. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry, it gets a little loud. Um, so winning, okay, first of all, totally awesome honor um, to win that award. I mean, I went to ICON, which is Infusionsoft Conference, uh, in 2014 for the first time, um, and it was really inspiring to me in terms of all the possibilities that the software had to offer and then also just really expanded my view of the possibilities of systemizing my business building standard operating procedures for every facet of it and empowering you know my staff and faculty um, and I left with a huge to-do list you know and I came back and um, one of the things I realized right off the bat was that I wasn't going to do it alone anymore. My partner and I weren't going to do it, just the two of us. Um, you know, we really... Um, you still there, Brent? Sorry, did I lose you? Oh, no, I'm listening. Okay, sorry. Got a little, uh, little alert uh, on our go-to meeting. But at any rate, what happened was I realized, number one, the value of building a great team. Number two, the value of empowering them and getting them to feel like they could actually help create the system and the processes that we needed to in order to run our business better. Um, and then also, just from a straight up geek standpoint, like I loved working on the tool, which is, was Infusionsoft, which was an incredibly powerful tool, but there was no way that I could stay under the hood there working on it and also lead our business. Um, so I needed to empower two or three or four other people to get in there and see the value of a great, great tool like uh, Infusionsoft is. So I spent a couple of years um, really trying to build on that. And over the course of doing that, uh, we ended up creating pretty awesome systems and, and growing our business kind of, I'd say, three, I think threefold from 2014 to 2016 when I, when I came back 
Um, winning that award was a total shock to me. Number one, just even being nominated as a finalist because there's so many great businesses that were I was surrounded by. Um, but I think the number one thing that that award did was just uh, validate the efforts, if that makes sense. I mean, I think all of the small businesses that are, you know, might be listening to this totally know what I'm talking about when they say, you're, when I say, you know, a lot of times you just feel like you're alone in the, in the struggle. You know, in my case, I'm, I'm really lucky to have a great partner in Pira, and, you know, so I don't feel as alone as some might. But, uh, you know, when you're looking at that mountain that you're trying to climb in terms of just figuring out how to maybe as simple as like a month-to-month -month cash flow, um, just making enough money to pay your 10 employees or even your one employee, uh, you know, it can feel super lonely. Um, so when we were nominated and then we won the award and it's a peer voting process, uh, and you have, I don't, you know, I don't know how many, there's 3,000 people at this conference and um, a majority of them vote for, you know, your business saying that we're really inspired by what you've done. I mean, if nothing else, Brent, it just feels really good to know that all of the time and effort and studying and late nights and everything that I've put in and my partners put in, our whole team has, um, is recognized by my peers, that alone is totally worth it. It just feels amazing. Um, so I would say, you know, we won $10,000, that's awesome, but that went straight back into the business instantly. <laughs> you know, uh, th there was nothing amazing that came out of that beyond just keeping us alive for another month and keeping us inspired. But much more than that have been the, you know, people I met and all of the, just kind of the validation of the whole process these first six years. Um, so that was wonderful and I would strongly encourage anyone you know who's checking this out to make the bold move of putting your business out there and applying for whatever opportunities you have to be recognized for your efforts because uh, it's great to connect with everybody out there and it's great to let other people hear your story and uh, it's great to know that you're not alone and to put yourself out there and put yourself out there with a level of humility that says I'm proud of what I've done but I know that there's a lot more for me to learn and a lot more to do um, so anybody else out there who wants to you know join the fight with me like let's let's do this together and share our stories so that's been the best thing to come out of Icon 2016 and winning that small business award for me was just all of the great friends that I've made out of it and and the empowerment that I get from them. Very good, man. That, that was uh, lots of great advice, lots of great information, and just let folks know where can they learn more about what you're doing with the Brooklyn Music Factory? Yeah. I you know, I want to uh, share a couple things because sometimes when I listen to really cool, you know, podcasts or interviews and things, I, I walk away wishing that I had a few more like rock solid um, sort of nuggets that I can act on right away. So if I can take a second to share a few things that were really, you know, a book and a couple of other things that were really important for me, I'd love to do that. Um, sure. The first is, 
you know, when I went, I got some great advice from, the, from Brian Young, who won Icon, uh, the Small Business Award, uh, in 2015. And he said, you know, Nate, when you show up to Icon as a finalist, just come with the intent of trying to help at least one other small business owner. And so I borrowed his idea, which was I created um, a simple little PDF. It's like a 20-pager. If you happen to use Infusionsoft, it's loaded with all of our campaigns and some email templates and web forms that we use that have been really effective for us. Um, and But it also just has kind of five simple strategies that I have found to have had really found impact on our business at the Brooklyn Music Factory. So if you want to grab that, um, and maybe you can put it in the show notes, Brent, but we, uh, it's just at brooklynmusicfactory.com backslash icon2016. So I-C-O-N 2016. So if you go to brooklynmusicfactory.com backslash icon2016, you can download a free uh, PDF from me, and, and um, I'll share some of the things that have been really valuable to me. Uh, also, just a book that I love that's it's not the most exciting read ever, but it really profoundly had changed my mindset in terms of building systems and understanding the power of that was this great book called Working the System. Uh, actually can't remember the author, I'm embarrassed to say, but if you Google Working the System or Amazon that sucker, you can get it. And uh, again, it can be a little bit dry. But uh, I found it to have a real, real huge impact and just changing my mindset on uh, thinking about all of the different tasks and day-to-day um, -day operations in our business and moving away from the notion of I will do all the tasks myself to I will build a system for how to do them effectively and then share that with others and get out of the way and let them do it in the future. So that's it. That's what I got to offer today. Um, any other questions or ways I can help, Brent? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, and I guess people can go to brooklynmusicfactory.com to check out all the what you're doing and, and get that, uh, that download that you were talking about. Yeah, totally. And the business, you know, it's you can reach out to me anytime if you have any questions or uh, want to know more specifically about what I'm talking about. I love to hear from people, so my email is just nate at brooklynmusicfactory.com, so please don't hesitate to reach out. And You know, I'm not great with emails, so give me a couple days, but I'll hit you back for sure. <laughs> Very cool, man. Thanks, for, thanks again for making time for this. And once again, congratulations on the award. That's, that's an awesome thing to have uh, accomplished. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks so much, Brett. I appreciate you having me on, too. <laughs>